Welcome to the Debrief Podcast with Matt Brown, the podcast where pastor and author Matt Brown debriefs your questions about Christianity and current issues shaping our culture. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Man, I love that beat. Do you like yeah, it? Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. That's <laughs> good. That's what I wanted, man. I wanted a debrief beat like Snoop Dogg. <laughs> yeah. He gets high on weed. We're going to get high on Jesus. On the Lord. Yes. <laughs> How was your Christmas break? It was great. It was pretty low key. We spent time with family and uh, it was our first Christmas without my mother-in-law. Oh, I'm so sorry. But it was good. Mm-hmm. You know, we we had a good time. And um, mm-hmm. because it was a Sunday, my husband's dad is a pastor. Um, we, he didn't spend a whole lot of, you know, he had church on Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. And so we usually do a Christmas Eve dinner and that was nice. We ended it early and we just spent time. Yeah, I, I can't imagine. So Tammy and I were watching uh, 1923, mm-hmm. and um, Harrison Ford is fantastic in it. And uh, there's this scene where, you know, he's very, very old, and, you know, I don't want to run it for any of our listeners, but, you know, when you're in your, I think Harrison Ford's 80, and his character's just wrestling with the fact that, you know, he and his wife, are, they've been married 44, 44 years on the yeah. show, and they're going to they're gonna lose each other. Mm. And I just turned to my wife, and I said, man, that's going to be us – one day I'm going to be weeping or you're going to be weeping. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, man, it was just, it was rough that's sad. because that's, mm-hmm. that's what it's, that's what life is like. So yeah. I'll be praying for your, uh, yeah. your husband. I know he loved his mama. Yeah. And, they were uh, married 49 years. So yeah. that was just, it's been hard. I mean, he's doing good. He's reno- my, my father-in-law's renovated his whole entire house <laughs> and, uh, but he's doing well. I mean, he's keeping himself connected to community yeah. and the church and to all of us. So. Yeah. Good. Is he getting surrounded by church ladies? Um, well, that would be a whole episode. Bringing sir, over of dinner. How all of the church ladies have started to come out of the wood. Oh, I bet, work. man. They've been praying. Yeah. <laughs> They've been praying. I Lord, mean, Lord. It, and it's kind of like, whoa, what? You know, it's been very interesting uh, this yeah. season for him, but he doesn't want to be yeah, married yeah. again. He's 49 years. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So. I know, man. If Tammy died, I'd have to have a bodyguard. <laughs> You would. Yeah. My wife's too pretty, though. If I died, man, she's going to get engaged at the funeral. Stop. She would not. Yeah. No. I, I, well. But she would need a bodyguard as well. Yeah, yeah. For she's sure. gorgeous. She is beautiful. She looks good. Aging well. So glad to be back. Welcome to the debrief. Uh, new year, yeah. 2023. Hello. Yeah, I thought we would be like the Jetsons flying, but we're not. Close. I know. AI's coming. Oh, uh, it's already here. <laughs> yeah. We should let AI do a debrief episode. That would be so crazy. (laughs) That's kind of, I mean, it's kind of cool, kind of creepy all at the same time. Yeah, all of our executive team was like, that's a great idea. (laughs) Actually, it's not. Awesome. Well, you got a question for me? I do. This is a great question. This is um, a good cold open question. It's anti-Semitism has been a conversation in the news and on social media a lot lately. Why do you think anti-Semitism is still showing up even in 2023? Yeah, because we we hate races that succeed. I mean, mm. it's just it's just the bottom line. If Jews were poor, uneducated, and had no power, we would never talk about this. I mean, it's just it's just the reality. Um, certain populations and groups on Earth, certain cultures do well no matter where they are. Uh, there's a great book called Wealth, Poverty, and Politics by Oh my gosh, my name they're they're going to pull it up. Um, oh man, what is his name? One of the great American philosophers. Thomas Sal, yeah, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. man, African American, mm-hmm, brilliant. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, actually, got his start in the Black Panthers and uh, studied, I believe, at the University of Chicago under 
uh, Milton, I forget his name, uh, the economist. Boy, I'm getting you guys working today. But that's <laughs> one of the things that he talks about is that a lot of racism <clears throat> is rooted in jealousy. Hmm. And so, uh, you know, they're succeeding because they're cheating. They're succeeding because of this or that. Yeah. And so there are exceptions, you know, like what we did to African-Americans uh, in this country, uh, to women and to lots of minorities. But, you know, Jews uh, do well. They have, they have a great uh, narrative story, mm-hmm. which you and I believe is true, that they are called by God, chosen by God to be a light unto the nations. And the power of story is so important. And so they do well. And, you know, you, you, you see... Uh, this erupting, I think some of it is, um, you know, Jews are very powerful in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard this from many of, many of my friends. And I think that causes resentment rather than just saying, look, man, that it's it's an area where they thrive, they survive, they've done well. Um, I wish they would be more conservative mm-hmm. uh, in the way that uh, they, they participate in Hollywood. But unfortunately, uh, many Jewish people, although maybe religiously conservative, are uh, socially liberal. And so oftentimes, even, you know, in our church, people are more what they are politically than what they are spiritually. And so that happens even within that. And so I think that, uh, you know, Kanye West, Mm -hmm. uh, his tweet certainly has uh, heightened this awareness. But uh, I don't know that it's any worse. I just think that we're more aware of it because of social media, because any idiot can say whatever they want at any time. And we all hear about it. Um, you know, racism when I was a kid was on the schoolyard, it was in the classroom, but you know, it wasn't what you said. It was just a rumor. And now it's just out there in the open for everyone. You know, racism is not a skin problem. It's a sin problem and we're still sinners and we still struggle. And so, um, you know, what I tell people all the time is we worship a Jew. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember <laughs> yeah. uh, our our tour guide Moshe in uh, Sar- in, uh, in San Bernardino. Our, our tour guide, <laughs> no. yeah, in Israel, there. yeah. Moshe uh, told a uh, an old Christian lady that Jesus was a Jew, and she said, "No, he was a Christian." <laughs> So, and for those of you listening, yeah, we are Christians. Jesus was a Jew, but some people, you know, don't know that because we, we see it as two separate religions. And unfortunately, you know, you know, Christ came to save both those of us who are Christians yeah. and those who are Jews. And so we just need to learn that. And not only, you know, is Jesus Jewish, but all of our authors that give us our Christian Bible right. were Jewish. Mm-hmm. And so most of the church for the first 50 years were Jewish. Mm-hmm. You know, all 12 disciples were Jewish. And so we need to just really, really maintain and appreciate that heritage. And so, um, you know, I think we need to, you know, attack uh, racism wherever it is. And, you know, Mm -hmm. we've seen that against Asians with, um, you know, the Wuhan flu or whatever they called it, Um, you know, whatever it's designated, just, I think racism is oftentimes the lowest level of ignorance that is expressed with frustration when your life is not going the way you want it. And Mm -hmm. so we attack, we point the finger, and um, so I think that there are beautiful things about Jewish culture that we should celebrate. Uh, one of the things, you know, that makes Jews just so amazing is the commitment to family, and that's mm-hmm. the power of story. Also, the role of education. Mm-hmm. And we, we, we can't underestimate how powerful that is amongst people. And so there are just groups like this. Uh, another group is the Lebanese people. Uh, your doctor, if they're Middle Eastern, oftentimes are Lebanese. Uh, we see this um, in Asia with Chinese. Chinese culture does very, very well mm-hmm. all across, um, you know, Asia. Uh, when I was in Vietnam, there's there's an extra, extraordinary amount of jealousy and hatred towards the Chinese in Vietnam wow. because they do better. Same thing in Bangladesh. And, and I know we're going to get some listeners maybe who are from those regions and they're going to point to the abuses of those peoples. And yes, I, I acknowledge that, 
but uh, Chinese people have an extraordinarily amazing uh, work ethic. And no matter where they go, they work and, and they make things happen. And the Jews did the same thing in this country. Yeah. Uh, they came together uh, they, uh, largely in New York, in the area of Manhattan with horrible, terrible conditions, uh, just brutal racism. I mean, I mean, you want to talk about a group that's been persecuted for thousands of years, no matter where they go, they, they kind of enter in as second-class citizens and then ultimately make their way uh, into business, uh, into science and, and all kinds of things. And, you know, we need to appreciate them. Some of the greatest breakthroughs we've had in this country in medicine and in science w- happened when we allowed Jews to attend medical school. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about that. We, wow. we didn't allow them to attend medical school. And as soon as we did, you know, they started inventing things and doing things. And that comes out of a culture of desiring education. And that's the beauty of scripture. God has given us a mind and he wants us to use it mm-hmm. and he's given us his word and he wants uh, us to learn to express it. And so, you know, that's so powerful, but I, I just think it's jealousy. Um, and, and Jews uh, as a culture are educated and not dumb. And so they gravitate to professions that do well, mm-hmm. banking, jewelry, Hollywood, science, mm-hmm. uh, for a time, medicine, um, you know, we're seeing other cultures, you know, the rise of Asian culture in America. What have they done? They're pursuing, you know, degrees that have an impact. Right. You know, I feel like my kids, when they went to school, they're like, dad, what pays the least? And that's <laughs> what they, you know, that's what they pick. And so when you have a strong family ethic, and I mean, there's negatives with that, right. you know, like some, you know, of my Asian friends want to go into the arts or want to, you know, go into, you know, be a chef or whatever. And that's frowned upon right. in Asian communities. I even have a good friend of mine who's Asian and he told his parents he didn't want to be a doctor. He wanted to be a pastor. And they were like, ooh, yeah, <laughs> um, because of the uh, socio and economic implications of ministry. Right. So, um, so I think that what we need to do is just say, look, uh, there are amazing things about Jewish culture, um, you know. But no culture is perfect. Mm -hmm. No culture is perfect. And so, um, you know, I think that there are stereotypes that people point to, that people put down and, you know, magnify those and blow those up. Um, But all cultures, we all have our unsightly things. And so, you know, my family is Dutch. And, um, you know, the saying is on my dad's side, uh, when you bury a Dutch man, you only have to bury him from the neck down because his head is as hard as stone. (laughs) (laughs) He's his own headstone. (laughs) Yeah, I tell my dad he puts the Dutch in Dutch treat. So whenever we go out to dinner, he wants to make sure that everybody knows they're paying for themselves. Yeah. (laughs) He cannot relax. That's awesome. He cannot relax until it's, you know, you've negotiated the the, the, the form of payment. parameters of the meal. So, you know, I mean, that's a, you know, uh, and a lot of the things that we say, you know, we don't realize are um, racist cultural stereotypes. Like he got off scot-free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's against being Scottish. Right. So you're so poor that there's nothing that they can do to you. Yeah. That's that's where that comes from. Um, and that's the only one I'm going to use as a white person. <laughs> uh, well, I had a boss that uh, she did not like Asians at all. She oh. made it very clear. You know, she mm. um, she just made it very clear that she wasn't. But one time she used a term with me. Oof. Um, and she said, and she said it in jest and I don't even think, and I didn't correct her. I just looked at it cause I had never heard. And she said, oh, that person is nigger rich. Uh, and I was like, nigger wow. rich, what is that? And I thought, wow, that's really offensive. I think she yeah. was trying to say like, as soon as they get money, they're mm. going to spend it. Yeah. They're nigger rich. Oh. And she just looked at me and she was, she was seventh day Venice actually. And she, mm. um, I tried to bring bacon one time and she, what ethnicity was she? She was white. Oof. Yeah, it was really interesting. No, and I personally didn't take it like, I'm so offended. I Mm. was just like, who says that? You know, I just couldn't believe it. But she she made it very clear that she didn't like Asians. And I think to your point, Mm. 
you know, this question says a lot lately, but I think it's social media that mm. shows us is, do you think it's an increase in racism or in hatred or just, no, I don't. I think it's, just I just, it I just think there's an awareness. And yeah. so, so what's happening every day is the worst person, the worst thing that's said, um, you know, is, is splashed in front of our face. Right. And I think we all feel pressure to, to react. Respond, yeah. So like a great example of that would be Skip Bayless who made a tweet when DeMar Hamlin, um, mm-hmm. you know, he, uh, was lying helplessly on the field. And I, I don't think Skip Bayless should have tweeted what he tweeted. It's why I'm not on Twitter. <laughs> uh, and just for everybody knows I have an account and, but I don't use it. The reason I have it is I don't want someone else being Pastor sure. Matt Brown. And so, uh, and you guys are going to have to help me figure out how I maintain and keep that. Cause I think Twitter now knows if you're not using it, they'll eliminate yeah. you. So I, I just don't want somebody out there using me. Right. So I, I think that, you know, Skip Bayless had an honest emotion and it was basically how, what are they going to do about this game? That's so important. But his last line was, but now seems so irrelevant because it was right, but it was, you know, uh, you're insensitive, mm-hmm. you're this, you're that. And, and I just thought, gosh, if, if we're reacting to that. So some of it I think is we just react things. Like when you said you didn't react to her, that actually blows me away. Does that blow you guys? Like, well, I couldn't, I had never heard the term before. Yeah. And so I was like, Mm. Hey, rich, what is she talking about? And then I was like, Oh gosh, that's really like, don't say that to someone else. They'll punch you. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's gross. Yeah. I think that, I think that we're we're also ready to be offended. Mm, yeah. And, and 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 here's the other thing. I think the downfall of written communication is I can't see your face. Right. I can't I don't have context. Mm-hmm. And so I think honestly, our assumption is always the worst. Mm. Um because I don't know mm. what what did you mean? And then right. I'm gonna play with this or I play with that. And so um you know, uh, I, I, there, you know, I, I, there was this show, um, oh, I can't think of his name, but, but he had this episode, this is pre me too, pre, you know, George Floyd, but it was called, is this racist? And it was Taj. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so he would play these clips and unfortunately many of them are church events. And I was just like, (laughs) Oh "Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so, um, Oh, you no. know, it's, it's rough. So if you're going to, you know, don't pause the show and go YouTube it. Cause you're going to look, but you're like, yeah, that's okay. And I don't know that it's racist. I think what a lot of it is, it's just clueless ignorance. Yeah. yeah it's ignorance. And so I think we need to have a category, you know, to help people, especially those who are older. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this woman was older. So there were things that were culturally appropriate, she was older, yeah. you know, that, that my mom and dad would say, I was like, okay, well, right. But I also don't want to be arrogant in my own context. And so if you're young, you can't assume that your generation somehow has figured it out. You know, so you, your generation has their own sins and uh, you know, like all these young people running around, I'm an empath. No, you're just too sensitive. Mm-hmm. So just relax. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're not like a wizard of emotion. <laughs> so I, I think that we need to, to be careful. So I think that we're mm-hmm. too sensitive, but I also think we need to be aware and say, Hey, I wouldn't say that. And I've, I've had to, man, I've had to learn the hard way. I mean, you, you want to learn the hard way about what you can say and can't say. Yeah be a preacher and put your sermons online. I had to train, I had to change radically once my sermon started going out there. Mm-hmm. So whenever I'm preaching or teaching, I have to think, okay, this is going to be there out there for all time to an audience that's looking mm-hmm. uh, for me to be racist, for me to be sexist, for me to be homophobic, for me to be bigoted, for me to be whatever. And the Bible has some harsh things to say. So how can I say this in a way that's as least offensive as possible, but still powerful? Mm-hmm. And so I think that we need we need to, to say that. And so, so I just think this is you know, um, 
Jewish peculiarities in their culture or something for them to work out with in their culture. And so, um, you know, there was a time and day in our culture where we could laugh about the differences and the uniquenesses of our cultures. I think comedy is trying to make a comeback on that, but it's slow. Mm -hmm. And I'm certainly not going to be the one that jumps first in there. But, (laughs) um, but you know, that there, there just are things that make us different. And so, you know, I, I think that, one of the negatives of the word equity, equality, is that we try to pretend we're all the same, mm-hmm. and that's just not true. Yeah. Um, you know, even, you know, you and Devo are, are, are two black people, but I'm imagining, even within the context of that, your family upbringing, his family that's upbringing, right. yeah. totally different. Yeah, he grew and up in a white neighborhood in Laverne, two parents, lived in the same house his whole life. Yeah. Very strong family unit and, you know, a homecoming king and... Was ASB, he really an ASB president? Yeah. And, why you did, know, he why, is, why do I, why am I shocked? <laughs> I mean, he was just so loved. And yeah. so his perspective, even about white people in the white community mm. and all of those is so radically different. He was like, they love me. And I like his best friend was Mormon, you know, okay, like yeah. we're growing up. And so, and then me, I lived on the other side of the tracks, yeah. if you will, in Pomona, broken family. But at the same time, my mom kept me in church mm. and, um, and so that was, that was our saving grace. Is was that your dad around? He, until I was 12. Okay. Yeah. And then he, he was addicted to drugs oh. and then he went to rehab when I was 12 and then I didn't see him again until mm. I was 20. I would never, based on my, and just so the audience knows we're getting to know each other. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Welcome would, to our lives. I would never have guessed that because yeah. you're so secure. It, I mean, that's a work of the Lord. Yeah. Honestly. I yeah. mean, it, it has been a journey of therapy of Jesus Mm -hmm. and of me renewing my mind in the word and me and God doing even recently me and God doing a lot of hard work around him as father Mm. and well father wounds father wounds are tough they're tough girls need their daddies I mean it is so vital I was reading a book recently and really it's it's the father that gives identity Mm -hmm. I mean mamas teach and we comfort Mm -hmm. but that identity piece comes from um, the, comes from the father. And so me and Jesus doing a lot of work about mm-hmm. identity and me hearing from the father, what he says about me, but yeah, 12 until I was 20, mm-hmm. he came back right before I got married. I got married at 21. Mm-hmm. He was there for my wedding and then left again when I was 23. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so just rough. He lives somewhere. I don't, yeah. <laughs> he sent me a text message in Thailand and I was like, yeah. okay, mm-hmm. I don't know. But, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So that security has had to come from the Lord. Yeah. Amen. So I would say this, let's get back to the thing. So I I love, no, I know. No, I love, I love getting to know you. I think that's fantastic. And so I'm just so proud of just the work that you've done. And let me just say this to our whole audience is, um, back to the racism question. Racism is the great way to blame others for your problems. Mm -hmm. And if you will do the work, Right. Um, as long as you're the victim, what you're doing is you're saying, I'm not responsible for the work that I can do. And, and, and I'm not saying things don't happen. I'm not saying racism isn't real, but you are far more powerful in your life than you realize. And, and you're a picture of that. Yeah. You, you've done the work. Um, I mean, there's a reason I wanted you on the show. You're dynamic. You're, you have, you have a powerful personality. You have a, uh, you're a spiritual force and those things don't happen unless that's right. You do the work. And so our father can heal our wounds, um, you know, through the love of Jesus and the power of his spirit. But, but we need to do that. And um, what I would say is all cultures that, that value work, 
uh, family and education do better than those who don't. Mm-hmm. And so here's the problem is in, in our society, um, you know, our, our school systems, you know, San Bernardino, <laughs> right? It, it breaks my heart what we call education. And that's not to put any of our teachers down. Yeah. Um, our, 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 it's the system. Our, yeah, our, our system and our, and our cities are so broken. It's just it's just so much. And um, but but the way out is education. Mm-hmm. The way out is family. And and if you're a young man, I just on on Saturday night there was a woman, um, a, a black lady. I'm, I'm guessing mixed race. And so if I, I guess you're asking me wrong, I apologize. But she she told me my husband wants to divorce me. Mm-hmm. I said, Where is he? Is he here? She said, yeah. I said, go get him. Mm-hmm. And he didn't like what I had to say, mm-hmm. but I said, you stay. They had three kids. Yeah. I was like, this is bigger than your, your, your love life, your emotions, your level of attraction, man. This is, this is generationally going to mm-hmm. affect mm-hmm. your family. Stay. Well, you don't know what I've been through. I don't care. Yeah, be the, be exactly. the man. Right. Be the man and do the work. And so many people um, would rather leave and run then do the work. Mm-hmm. And so, and again, like what, you know, you're, you said tap into your father, don't turn to addiction. Yeah, uh, We're too quickly, we, we ask too quickly, what is the, um, what is the pill that can fix this problem? Mm-hmm. Well, it's going to numb it, but it might make it bigger. Mm-hmm. And then ultimately, you know, your dad missed out on a beautiful, amazing, talented woman. Mm-hmm. And that's terrible. Yeah. It's awful. Yeah. And, and, you know, I love that you said, do the work. I mean, I, I have this joke with a friend, we call it the flashcard ministry. And literally mm. I would write scripture on flashcards, keep them in my back pocket and flip in, in college. I, I flipped all day long um, because I had so much baggage yeah. <laughs> and I needed to renew my mind so much. And so I think that's right. But I think the saving grace obviously was education. My mom absolutely valued mm-hmm. education. Um, she got her, you know, degree when she was 50, got her master's at 54. Um, and then um, family mm-hmm. and and then keep your kids in church. Yeah. <laughs> Take your kids to church. Yeah. Amen. And just the role of scripture in your life. I mean, mm-hmm. why, you know, what have Jews had yeah. that no other culture right. has had? They've had the word of the God. The word of God. And so we need that. And so, you know, my my uh, Bible verse for January is Psalms 19, 14. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, uh, my Lord, my yeah. rock and my redeemer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was saying that verse out loud at the gym, literally said these words. And I, again, I'm not proud of what I'm saying. And I'm not, I'm <laughs> not saying anyone else say this. I said, uh, may the words of my mouth. And I looked on the TV and Gavin Newsom was talking. <laughs> I said out loud, as I looked at Governor Newsom on the TV screen, I said, may the words of my mouth, gosh, he's a moron, and the meditation <laughs> of my heart. <laughs> I, inter- I, I literally sinned, and I, I'm not, I don't approve of, of the job he's doing, but we should not refer to right. a political sure. official in that way. I mean, I, again, the reason we attack people is we don't want to deal with policy. Mm-hmm. And so um, and for anybody who's thinking of, out there in politics, the reason politics is broken is we character assassinate rather than mm-hmm. dealing with policy. Policy, policy, policy. Yeah. That's the way you change America. Yeah. You don't change it by attacking. Oh, mm-hmm. he's ridiculous. And what did Trump do? Yeah. He attacked people and right. he came up with nicknames. Right. And so again, even if you're Republican, the problem with Trump is he becomes the issue. Right. And that is and not a focus. way. And that's not a way to change yeah. uh, America. And so what we need is we need to focus on the policy. I disagree with Governor Newsom's policy. I do not think that California is managed well. Mm-mm. That's as nice as I can say <laughs> it. Um, 
So, so then once I get control of, of my mouth, then God can begin yeah. to move in my heart. Mm-hmm. And so for so many of That's us, good. our words are messing with our hearts. Mm-hmm. And so we want God to change our heart. Jesus says out of the mouth, yeah. the heart speaks. Mm-hmm. So deal with your mouth and then God is going to touch your heart. And so I got to trust him in that. So man, this Amen. is the longest cold open ever. That was awesome. And now we know each other so much better. Yeah. That's good. All right. You ready? Yeah. Sorry if that was too real. <laughs> no, it was great. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I, I mean, I'm pretty transparent. Yeah. Open book. Yeah. I'm learning. Yeah. You I'm can ask notes. me whatever, whatever. I mean, almost whatever. Whatever. Yeah, okay. No, no, I, I hear you. There are boundaries. <laughs> yeah. That's one of the sermons uh, when we get to thou shalt not commit adultery. My sermon is uh, true love demands real boundaries. Okay. So are we going to go through each of the commandments? Uh-huh. Okay. I'm super excited yeah, about yeah. this. My son yeah. listened to the message twice yeah. on Sunday and he was like, that was awesome. I was yeah. like, yes, it was. I've never heard an evangelical pastor do what I do. And all I did was read you the names of the books in Hebrew. My husband, That's my husband was like, I have never heard yeah. that. What is wrong with us? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I haven't either. This is the best thing I've ever heard. Yeah. In the beginning, these are the names that he called out of the wilderness. I thought now, that was the, so powerful. Yeah. Now for everybody, I'm adding, so so the last word is word. So I'm, I'm adding to, with, or of. So I'm adding that sure. in there right, because I got to build a sentence right. with it. But <laughs> No. Oh, that yeah. was powerful. Yeah. I mean, and that just speaks just in the first five books. Amen. That speaks to all of us. And it, I feel like is like the story of redemption. Mm-hmm. So powerful. Yeah. And, and, we need that. So sorry, I interrupted you. All right. What's your question? This is an awesome question from Kara in Riverside. Hey, Kara. Hey, Kara. What makes Mount Sinai the mountain of God? Was it considered the mountain of God before Moses was at the burning bush? Or is it referred to as the mountain of God after because of the fact that Moses was there? Yeah. So um, we don't know. So hmm. you, we have to remember that um, w- when you open the book of Genesis, Genesis 1 through 11 is human history. Genesis 12 on is Jewish history. And so, um, so, so just let that sit in your noodle for a second. So Genesis 1 through 11 are the stories that come to us from other cultures, mm-hmm. other peoples in the Middle East, the Babylonians. Uh, that's why there's similarities. Um, and so those cultures and peoples uh, had an understanding of God, had an understanding of what was right and wrong. And so Moses is borrowing the stories that he thinks works best to communicate how the Jews got mm-hmm. called out. And so um, that's why we see the story of Noah in almost yeah. every culture mm-hmm. around the world. Sometimes he has a different name. You know, sometimes it's not a boat, it's a cave. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we see this story across across the world in, in all kinds of cultures. I mean, it's bizarre. I think there's 70 plus unique stories of Noah in cultures, white cultures in Europe, Russian, Chinese, uh, Indonesian cultures, Hawaiian islands, Native American Indians, all have this very, very similar story. Um, You know, and then what what does the story of Babel tell us that we were separated? So there's two great separations of humanity in Genesis. One Mm -hmm. is language Mm -hmm. and uh, distance, and the other is the flood, Mm -hmm. this great disaster. And so, um, so the mountain of God you know, could have been either. It could have been what they knew it to be. Mm-hmm. And that's where he accidentally, because Moses is in ignorance, he's running from God. And so this is the place that people saw where God was, or it could be simply the mountain of God because the writer is actually writing back. Mm-hmm. So he's not telling us, you know, in the present tense, it's, he's telling us, you know, he's saying, this is you what, know, what happened. So when you're, when you're telling the story, right, you're reciting it as in the past, mm-hmm. not in the present. So that's why, you know, we don't specifically know from the text, but there's actually a mountain in Saudi Arabia that the entire top of it is black. Wow. 
<laughs> like it's been burned. Yeah, that's awesome. So, um, yeah, so this, the, you know, the Saudis are not real awesome with people going there and doing geological survey and evidence, but I have friends who've been there and they've said, yeah, the local native tribes of Saudi Arabia will tell you, yeah, that's the mountain of God. Mm. That That's where it is. And so, um, so that's where he went. Uh, you know, he was running from God, but that's a great, great question. And so the reason I say that is God existed before Moses. God existed before Abraham. God existed and spoke to the ancient peoples and cultures of the world mm-hmm. that we've lost, that we didn't know existed. Um, you know, he, he spoke to them. And so, um, and some of those cultures got some of the laws right. So Moses is going to give us 10 commandments. Uh, some of them are straight out of the 42 laws of uh, the Egyptians. So the Egyptians have 42 laws in order to inherit eternal life. They also believe that you will face judgment. Um, you know, that you have to stand before this God and there's this dog sitting there that if you, <laughs> yeah. if you don't obey the 42 laws perfectly, the dog grabs you and takes wow. you to hell. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty powerful uh, story. And so, um, so that's where a lot of people dismiss, oh, you know, Moses borrowed the 10 commandments. All truth is God's truth. And so what, what Moses is doing is he's, 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 he's just basically saying, no, no guys, look, um, these are the 10 laws. This is where we're going to start with God as he calls you to be separate. And as we get into this week, the most important law is there's only one God Mm -hmm. and you shall have no others. And so that's where we're going to start this next week. And we're going to kind of look at, uh, I'm going to pick out different things of the book of Exodus as we, as we read along, but it's a powerful, powerful story. And I hope that people will read it. And again, yeah. this week, read uh, Genesis, Exodus one, two, and three, because that's kind of where we, we sat. And it's just, it's just a beautiful, beautiful thing. So great question, Kara. Yeah, I really very good. It. Super awesome. Okay. We've got another one. We're going to keep rolling. Matt in Upland. Hey, Matt. Um, Pharaoh ordering the murder of newborn males and Moses escaping that order seems to parallel to Jesus escaping Herod's order to kill every male born Jew. Is there significance to this? If so, what can we learn about Moses, Jesus, and God's deliverance from this? Oh, good. Yeah. So, so the gospel to the Jews is Jesus is the new Moses. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're exactly right. That's, that's what, you know, they're trying to teach is that like Moses, Jesus is going through these trials, mm-hmm. going through these tribulations. Uh, Moses is a man of water, Moshe, to be lifted up. So Moses is delivered from the water. Mm-hmm. Moses parts the water. Moses strikes the rock and water comes mm-hmm. forth. Jesus, right, is baptized yeah, in water. water. Um, Jesus offers bubbling water, Mm -hmm. like from a well and from a spring that, that, you know, that will bubble up from within you. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, and Jesus is offering a baptism that is different. Mm -hmm. And so, so Jesus is Moses like, now he's more than Moses and the Torah ends the Torah, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Torah, the law ends with, and there will come someone else who is greater than Moses. And so that's the that's the prophecy of the coming one. Uh, we believe as Christians uh, that it is Jesus, that Jesus is that one. Jews, many of them, most of them do not believe that Jesus was that. And there's all kinds of reasons for that um, from their perspective. But we believe Jesus is that person. And so he is the new Moses. And what is he? He is the new lawgiver. Mm-hmm. And he, his new law is to love one another and to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And so he empowers us with God's spirit 
Um, but, but the law is then summarized into these two. And so that's what he says. All of, all of the law, all of the teachings of Moses hang on these two things. Yeah. This is what it's all about. And so, you know, Moses gives us regulations, and if we're not careful, we can get lost in that. You know, Tammy and I are watching 1923, and it just, this, you know, I don't want to disparage Catholics because I think um, history does not treat them well and treat them kind. And what we tend to do is whenever we look at a group or organization that we don't like, we pick out their very worst moments and yeah. we ignore uh, so much of the beautiful moments. And, um, you know, even if you're a Protestant like I am or Reformed, we have to remember all of our Protestant and Reformers were Catholic. Mm-hmm. They were Catholic priests who said, hey, I don't like this, that we can be better. And they, they were moving to reform Catholicism, but ultimately the Pope wasn't having it. And so it created a rift within Christianity. And then as reformers, we just came to fighting and fighting. <laughs> we just kept reforming. And splitting, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, 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 and it's become extraordinarily destructive. But if we forget love, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. we become cruel. Mm-hmm. And that's what the law is without love. Yeah. Law without love is cruelty. But, but I'm going to say this um, this next weekend, but love without law is insanity. <laughs> And that's what we have. And yeah. so, so oftentimes I think we get trapped in this binary conundrum. It's either this or that, but it's, or mm-hmm. we can have law and love. Mm-hmm. It's not one or the other. And so oftentimes, you know, we, we try to create just this binary, you know, all in or all out. And, and so oftentimes it's both and mm-hmm. it's both. And, and so we, we need law, but we need love. Um, you know, like in California, we have a huge incarceration problem. Uh, way too many of them are black. Way too many. Mm-hmm. Okay. But we don't make the situation better by simply releasing yeah. criminals into the streets. Right. What we could do is we could say, okay, we got a problem here. So we're going to go case by case mm-hmm. and we're going to do the work and figure out those who have been wrongly accused and set mm-hmm. them free. That's expensive. It's tedious, but it's the right thing to right. do. But we don't just release everybody. You know, um, you know, a, a, a black man named George Floyd is wrongfully murdered. It's terrible. It's awful. We don't defund the police. We reform the right. police. So, uh, you know, we want strong police, uh, but we want uh, right. all people, all citizens, especially African-Americans to feel safe and secure when they encounter a police officer, right. because many crimes, you know, um, are, are committed in this country against blacks. And, and, you know, one of my favorite interviews with Tupac Shakur was, he said, he said, you think as a black person, I want to live next to the rapist. I want to live next to the right. drug dealer. I want to live. He, he said, like, he said, do you think they're any kinder to me? Cause I'm black. And, and we need to remember that, that our black communities and our, our brown communities and our impoverished communities, they suffer the most when right. police pull out. That's right. So we want to make those places safe. It, it's, it's not either or. And, and we all get caught up in this. Are you for me or against me? And you say, well, that's what Jesus said. You know, he actually said both. He said, those who are not for us are against us. And then he said, don't worry about those who aren't against us. He said both. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and Christians yeah. pick one teaching out and they go, no, 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 you're either, you're either with me or against mm-hmm. me. I say, yeah, yeah. But he said the exact opposite thing a few passages later. And, and, and what that means is as Christians, we, we have to think. Yeah. We have to use our minds and we have to discern and say, okay, God, what, what do you want me to do here? Because, you know, it's difficult. Man, these are yeah. great questions. These are. I mean, thank you for, obviously, they were listening to the message on Sunday and they yeah, were I appreciate pulling it. out Matt some meaning. Thanks, Matt. That was awesome. Um, so good. We have another one here from Moreno Valley. This is Elena. 
And this is a little bit of a different flow here. She said, hello, Pastor Matt. I have a cousin who is a part of the LGBTQ community. She's getting married next year. I've been struggling with whether I should attend or not because of my faith. Mm. I want her to know I love her, but I'm scared of losing her if I decide not to go to her wedding. What are your thoughts? Yeah, man, this is a tough issue, Alina. And this is actually why I'm super famous on the internet. Um, (laughs) You know, because years ago I spoke too harshly. And, Mm. um, you know, we talked about, again, just the process of learning that what you say on the internet exists forever. And so this was my baptism Mm -hmm. in that. And so, you know, I made a joke about gay weddings, which was stupid and foolish. And, and here's the thing that's so sad. I didn't even know I said it until Mm. I heard it. Like, I was like, I did not say that. And they pressed play. And I was like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, that's what I said. And I remember I, I had two gay friends um, at the time, really close friends and um, two trippy dudes. And uh, I called Ed. And so these, these are two gay guys, uh, conservative Republicans who go to Sandals Church were born again. <laughs> right. Right. There's like no category for that. <laughs> and I, I just said, Ed, what do I do? And, and I just remember he said, oh man, I wish you wouldn't have said that. Mm-hmm. He said, that's hurtful to me. And I was like, Oh. Yeah. And so, so here's what I would say, Elena is, is we need to be sensitive. Um, and you know, for me, you know, if, if they're getting married and it's a judge or a witch or, <laughs> you know, like, I, okay, yeah, whatever, where, where I get hung up mm-hmm. is when they are standing in the name of Jesus yeah. and, and, uh, and I don't, what I mean, which I mean by like Wiccan or, you know, right, something right. random, whatever, yeah, you know, yeah. they're going to read poetry or, you know, I, <laughs> I mean, I think that's great. Um, I think that, um, you know, if you're gay out there, uh, you know, sleeping around and jumping from relationship to relationship is worse than being with one partner. However, the Bible is abundantly clear. What's best for you and what God's called you to is to have diversity within the context of marriage, which is one man and one woman. However, that's not our world. That's not our families. Hmm. Um, and so many people today feel exactly what you feel is, is I'm torn. And so what I see people do now is they, they let go of their theology, which I would yeah. encourage you not to do. The Bible has nine passages that specifically speak about homosexuality from Genesis to revelation. None of them are remotely positive. Yeah. So, um, you know, the penis is made for the vagina. Uh, the vagina is made for the penis sexually, right? They have other functions, urination, uh, sure. stuff like that. Um, a woman's menstrual cycle. But um, that that is what God designed it for. And so part of coming out of the wilderness hmm. is learning to live rightly according to God. So if I have a penis, how has God wanted me to use this to satisfy my sexual desires? That needs to be the question for me as a believer. If I have a vagina, how has God... Uh, how is God wanting me to use this vagina to sexually find, um, um, you know, um, ple- I don't want to say pleasing. What can I say? Um, to, how can how can I express my sexual desires right. with my vagina in a way that honors God? That's what I'm yes. trying to say. Um, that's what we need to do. But when it comes to people who are lost, here's what I want all of you to hear out of this. We're going to be doing the Lord's Supper each and every weekend. And so one of the things I want you to get out of that is that God's commands are always covenantal. They're never coerced. Mm -hmm. God does not drop the Ten Commandments on the earth and make everyone follow these things. He calls a small people group out of the Middle East and he says, come and follow me. But even they must choose. Mm -hmm. They choose at the mountain of God. We're going to go back to Sinai. They Mm -hmm. choose at the mountain of God. 
to, to be a part of this or not. It's a choice. And so what we, here's where I think Christians have, have erred. And, and this is really the great sin of America. The great sin of America is constantly forcing everyone else to live according to the current uh, uh, popular morality of the day, mm-hmm. whatever that is. And so that means we were terrible to gays, we were terrible to blacks, mm-hmm. we were terrible to women, and now we're terrible to conservatives. <laughs> and so- And white uh, men. Yeah, yeah, amen. <laughs> and so what we have to do is we have to say, okay, we believe in a libertarian God who allows us to choose. Mm-hmm. So here's what we we believe is, is right and wrong. And, and so where we don't move as a country is you're not going to dictate to us how we worship and how we, how we connect with God. And ultimately, that's why God kills Pharaoh, mm-hmm. destroys Pharaoh, because Pharaoh says, no, you can't go into the wilderness to worship. Mm-hmm. No. And, yeah. and God's like, wait, 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 yeah. Yeah. wait a minute. And so Pharaoh and all the firstborn children die. Mm-hmm. And it gets so bad in Egypt, the Egyptians pay the Jews to leave. That's right. Please go. Yeah, take all of our Please stuff. Please go. Take all we, our stuff. We're sorry our leader <laughs> yeah. is a moron. Yeah. Please go. Mm. Um, and then ultimately Pharaoh decides, yeah, to let him go. Then he changes his mind and then he dies. Yeah. And so... Um, you know, what we need to learn to do is that, that these things are voluntary. And so what I would say, Elena, is you have to love your cousin. Um, you know, my cousin is trans. We don't agree theologically. Mm-hmm. We don't agree sexually. We don't agree politically, but I love my cousin. Mm-hmm. And whenever we have a, a, what I would call a brisk discussion, <laughs> I always try to end it with love you, cuz. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I do. I, I, I love him deeply. And I believe that God loves him. Mm-hmm. Um, do I believe that you know, he's sinning against his body that, yeah, yeah, I, I do too. Now, is he in a different level? Absolutely. But me condemning him or me just standing up for what was right is right. I, I'm, I'm just going to lose him. Mm-hmm. So whatever you can do to maintain that relationship. Again, the only thing I have a hard time with is sitting under the teaching. So what is the pastor hmm. saying? If they're saying out loud, this is right, yeah. this is good, this is true. Now I have a problem with that because they are twisting what God's word clearly says. Mm -hmm. And everyone needs to hear me. There is no scriptural basis for same-sex relationships inside the covenant of God. Mm -hmm. Outside the covenant of God, do whatever you want. It's the Wild West. Do whatever you want. But for those who want to worship God here and be with him forever, sexuality is a huge part Mm -hmm. of our faith. And why is that? Because sex was meant to create life. Mm -hmm. And life is a God thing. Yeah. And so um, a lot of people just, you know, well, it's just pleasurable. Well, that's part of it, hmm. but that's not all of it. And so, um, you know, for, for married men out there, man, if you just think it's about pleasure, you're going to have very little sex with your wife. You have to learn to connect, see her, love her, hold her. Uh, because I think the woman's role in sex is to repeatedly remind the man that this is a communion. Yeah. This is a connection. This is not just an act. Um, sex within the context of worship is, excuse me, sex within the context of marriage is really worship. Mm-hmm. It's the holiest of holies to say, God, we're becoming one like you are mm-hmm. one. And that's a powerful thing. Yeah. So these people aren't going to accept that. They're, they're not going to believe that. And nowadays we have other churches that say, Pastor Matt Brown is wrong. He's a bigot. He doesn't know. He's not enlightened. And for everybody out there who's gay, it, if I if I could find a text that supported your view, I would tell you, I think it's harder on me to believe what I believe than to just cave. So um, I'm trying to tell you, 
the, the narrow road that leads to life. And this is how I understand it. So Elena, I would just go before the Lord. I would get on my knees. God, mm-hmm. what am I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. Because ultimately, Elena, God doesn't just love you. He loves your cousin. Mm-hmm. And um, he wants a relationship with your cousin. And, and over the years at Sandals, we've had gay members at our church who have committed for a time, fallen away, and some of them have come back. And, and so do heterosexuals. Mm-hmm. And so look, I'm not responsible for what my congregation does sexually. I'm responsible for what I teach and what I do for myself. And so Elena, ultimately that's what you're responsible for. Yeah. So I would really pray about it. And I would just ask who's doing the wedding mm-hmm. and, and say, I really want to support you. I really want to be there for you. Well, but I mean, can you imagine if you went to like a, uh, you know, a wedding where some pastor was just saying bigoted things about black people right. and you're going to sit in the audience <laughs> right. because, Listen. and you know, that's not true according to your faith. Yeah. There's a, there's a Christian, um, uh, psychiatrist pretty well known that, um, she writes a lot of stuff. She's written a lot of books, does a lot of seminars and she's all over the place. And it's just recently come out pictures surfacing all over Instagram that she performed her son's gay wedding. Okay. And, um, people are obviously losing their minds. And, um, and I think that I, I, I like the piece of that. And this is so hard. I mean, like you said, you don't want to lose your theology no. and you don't want to, or lay down your theology, yeah. but at the same time, you don't want to lose your cousin. And, um, I think that's so good to look at, at, at it from the perspective of like, what are they speaking truth in yeah. this moment? Mm-hmm. And are you going to live and be able to sit under whatever this person is saying? Yeah. Go to God. <laughs> yeah. And again, and I don't, I don't know what this, I don't know what this pastor is, you know, or person is going to say. And, mm. um, and again, just, 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 just communicate your love for her. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I think it, again, it's not either or remember what we said, it's both. And so, right. so cause I really love you. Um, but I have, I have some theological convictions mm-hmm. and I'm, so I'm really torn. And, and here's the thing, what I would share with your cousin is in the same way that you want me to love and respect your choices, mm-hmm. I want you to love and respect mine. Yeah, that's and that's where America needs to mm-hmm. go. We don't agree, but we got to get along. Mm-hmm. We, we got to have turkey dinner at Thanksgiving. Right. We got to make this work. And, and if we can find that, that's what God does in the 10 commandments. He says this, God says, this is who I am. If you want to follow me, I mm-hmm. want to be in a covenantal relationship mm-hmm. and in a covenant's like marriage. Mm-hmm. God says, this is what I'm going to do. Here's what I expect you to do. And all marriages, even gay ones have sexual boundaries. Yeah. So why can't God, as you enter into a spiritual marriage with him, and by the way, that is, that is the gospel from start to finish. Jesus is the groom, the bride is the church. <laughs> mm-hmm. We're all headed for this great wedding feast. Right. Why can't Jesus, the, the, the groom, outline some expectations mm-hmm. of his bride? Mm-hmm. And so what he said is you can have sex within the context of heterosexual marriage, but that's it. That's it. And everything outside of that hurts our relationship mm-hmm. and grieves this Holy Spirit of God. And so um, I, I just think it's so important that, you know, you take your cousin out, you just tell her how much you love her, how much she means to you and you care for her, but you want to make sure in the same way um, you know, mm-hmm. I hope you wouldn't invite her to church, you know, or a setting where, where homosexuality is going to be bashed. Yeah. So why would she invite you to a wedding mm-hmm. where your beliefs are going to be bashed? Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I think that we way. all need to be more sensitive. Mm-hmm. And that means as con- conservative Christians, we need to be submit, sum, uh, submissive, uh, sensitive to the gay community. But to my gay friends, you yeah. need to be sensitive to the Christians that you're inviting to your wedding. Mm-hmm. If you want a big party you got to increase the size of the tent. And so here's the things, um, you know, that can be said 
and not, and, and not said. And, and you need to be clear with that because why would you want to invite your Christian friend to your wedding and have them be insulted? Mm-hmm. So, um, and so, yeah. Yeah, that's good. It's tough. That's and tough. just so you guys know, this is why scripture is hard. Yeah. How do we take these, these old rules mm-hmm. and express them in our new life? And mm-hmm. so that's why we need the law. Yeah. God has spoken about um, homosexuality, but God has also talked about loving thy neighbor mm-hmm. as thyself. And mm-hmm. so there's a tension there. It's mm-hmm. not, it's not one or the other. It's both. Mm-hmm. So old rules, new life. Yeah, the, amen. the word does not change no. though. So we adapt to the word, right? Amen. Yeah. Amen. Okay. This is Stephanie from Hendersonville. Sorry, Stephanie. I'm, I'm not sure where Hendersonville is. Me neither. I mean, it could be, I mean, it just sounds like a small town. It could be anywhere. Yeah. Huh? Stephanie, t- uh, right back in. Tell, tell us, us where, where you're that at. Is. Yeah. Okay. How do I know when it's God that I hear calling? Sometimes, especially after praying for his path for me, his guidance and clarity to see and follow his will. I believe I hear his answer after I've done what I believe is his will. Things are even worse than before. How do I trust the answers that I believe I hear? Things have continued to decline almost to the point of no return through these pathways I perceived as his answers in the last five years, yet I strive, I still strive to listen, hear, and do his will. How do I know I am hearing God's call and or will for me? Yeah. And so, man, that's a great, great question, Stephanie. So, right, this is this, this is the challenge of the Christian life. How Mm -hmm. do I know God's will? How how do how do how do I know that I've heard from him? And so um, here's what I would say. If if you pray and you hear God's will, and it ends up to be wrong. Mm-hmm. You did not hear God's will. Mm-hmm. And so I, I have seen this multiple times. I have a pastor friend of mine who's always saying, God said, God said, God said, and it never works out. It always blows out, <laughs> it blows up. It goes nowhere. I'm just like, I don't know that you are hearing from the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you're confusing your instinct with God's call. And so we, we really need to press against that. And so, you know, I mean, I wish that you would have provided some more yeah, uh, clarity situation. for this, mm-hmm. but... Um, we want his guidance. We want his clarity to see his will. She, you said, I believe I hear his answer. And after I have done this, things get even worse than before. So I don't know what that is. Hmm. So a lot of times Christians say, well, I got to have a sense of peace. So here's the thing. You can still follow God's will and have anxiety. Mm-hmm. So just because you don't have peace doesn't mean that it's not the right decision. It means you're battling with anxiety. I have anxiety all the time about making the right decision. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but I still have to make it. I have to press through my anxiousness to be obedient to God. Um, oftentimes difficult issues and difficult decisions bring unease. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, that's why Christians always say, I'm looking for the open door. No, you're looking for the easy door. Mm-hmm. That's what you're looking for. And so sometimes God's will is to go through an open door. Sometimes God's will is to go through a closed door. Yeah. And so um, processing... Um, I think when, when you got God's will wrong, it's hard. I actually, in 2022, I really felt like I heard God about something. I actually wrote out a prayer. I said, God, um, uh, for those of who don't know, there's this guy in judges, his name is Gideon and he wants to know whether or not God's calling him to do something. And so it's called laying down the fleece. And so he has this animal fleece. So it's an animal, uh, skin, the fur, and he lays it outside and he says, tomorrow, I want there to be dew underneath it, but not on top of it, if this is your will. And then I think the next day he says, I want it to be on top, but not underneath. Uh-huh. And both times it comes out like he did. So I did that. I, I laid out a Gideon, Gideon fleece. And I said, God, if you're asking me to do do this, I, here's the five. I, I didn't have one fleece. Like <laughs> I said, here's, here's the five things I want to see you do hmm. for this to happen. In, within two days, the first three things happened. Hmm. 
um, one of the things was this person has to call me. It was a very famous person. They'd never, they've never called me in 30 years. They have to call me personally. They called me. Second thing was they have to consider my idea. They Mm. brought up the idea. And the third thing was they had to uh, value another particular person in my life. And they said, you know, that person that works for you. I'm like, I really like them. I was like, Oh my gosh, Mm. I never got to the final two. Mm. And so I thought it was a yes, absolutely. (laughs) And it turned out to be a no and it was super painful. Mm. And I really struggled with that. Did I hear from God? And so, you know, um, one of two things happened, uh, Stephanie, either I heard from God wrong or this person that I was asking to pray heard from God wrong. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. And I believe that human beings can choose. I believe that human beings have a choice, a very, very real choice. That's why God's word says, choose this day Mm -hmm. whom you will serve. It's why we have words like repentance, words believe. It's why the apostle Paul argues the gospel so passionately. He says, so that perhaps some may come to salvation. So what we do matters in this life. I can't stress that enough. And oftentimes we we get God's will wrong, but you said things get worse than before. And so uh, I just wish that there was more clarity here. Um, you know, we could sit down and really talk about what's happening because sometimes, you know, you could be hearing God wrong. Right. You absolutely could be, and you could be blaming and putting things on the Lord that you need to take responsibility for. And so remember our cold open, as long as we remain the victim, we are not open to change. Right. So if God is doing all this to mm-hmm. me, I'm just sitting down here and God's in heaven just launching lightning bolt after lightning bolt right. to me. And um, it, it, it's, a, it's a really, really tough thing. And so for some of us, unfortunately, if we've been making horrific decisions for a long period of time, we can't just suddenly start mid-story and say, okay, God, I want to follow your will and not pay the consequence for mm-hmm. the sins that we've planted. They, they have to come to roost. They have to come right. up. They have to come out. And we have to work through those things. So God will forgive you of your sins, but he doesn't usually deliver you from the consequence of right. those sins. And so we have to experience that. And so that's what I... I yeah. don't know. I mean, I wonder if there's decision making. This, I, I feel like I understand what you mean by uh, we need more context because things get worse. Does the situation get worse? Sometimes obedience feels like you're losing in the yeah. moment. It doesn't feel like you're winning. It feels like, oh God, I don't want to do this. Yeah. So I don't know if that's the piece that's getting worse or if she said the situations keep getting worse. And then I would go, who's who's in her life yeah. that she can bounce these decisions off of? Does she have community? Does she have other... Yeah. And her. specific community of people that are right. willing not to tell you what you want to hear. Cause here's right. what most people do. Mm-hmm, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. You go girl. Right. <laughs> that is not, you know, that is, you know, the worst decisions we make is when we are surrounded by cheerleaders. Yeah. And so, you know, that's one of the things that I strive really, really hard to do at Sandals church on an executive team is I have people who push back. Um, they know I'm the leader. I know I'm the leader, but they push back. Mm-hmm. They are uh, willing to challenge, willing to say, Hey, Here's what I think. Um, I'm married to uh, the professional pushbacker, uh, Tammy Brown. And so, um, you know, I listen to her. I have to, you know, take that into consideration and then ultimately do what I believe God is calling me to do. And so here's the thing. This is why God's word is so important because we don't always know the specific will of God. So what we do is we live a life according to the will of God revealed in the word of God. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to live out these things. I'm going to live out these truths. And I'm going to trust God that even if my life is not going the way that I want, 
ultimately, the life I want is in following you. Mm -hmm. So here's what I would say, Stephanie, as we study the book of Exodus, the people of Israel's life is not miserable because they continued to faithfully follow God. Right. Their lives are miserable because every day (laughs) they wander, every day they look around, every day they choose themselves. As you look through the book of Exodus, no matter how much God delivers them, they run immediately back to sin. Mm -hmm. And um, things get really, really bad when we willingly and freely choose sin. And so that's what I would say is I would just get on my knees and say, God, am I sinning? What am I missing here? Mm. Where, where, where do I need to change? Where do I need to repent? And every time I've prayed that I've never heard the Holy Spirit, Matt, you're 100% right. Mm-hmm. I've never heard that. <laughs> what I've always heard is, okay, here's an area, here's an area where I want you, I want you to grow in. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically um, with that that no that I, I got from God where I thought I heard God one way or another, um, I, I felt as I prayed into it, Stephanie, there was a broken relationship I had in my life hmm. that I had just kind of said, okay, that's what it is. And I had this person blocked on social media. I had just kind of written them off. And, and I felt the Holy Spirit say, look, I'm I'm not going to to answer this until you deal with hmm. this issue. And so I went to Tammy. I said, look, I got to unblock this person. I got to reach out to this person. I, I God said. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the other thing is, Stephanie, is oftentimes, remember the Lord answers every prayer request with a yes, with a no, or a wait. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, almost most of the time, it's a wait. Mm-hmm. And so we can't assume that, you know, I, I've done God's will. So he's not a genie. I don't rub the lamp. And then I say it and boom, things change. Um, you know, it's a process of following and discerning and growing. And Mm -hmm. so again, I don't know how old you are, but here's the thing is, you know, I think when you're younger and new in the faith, you really feel like you hear God. And the older I get, man, I'm like, Mm -hmm. you know, the apostle Paul's last letter. So he's getting ready to die, (laughs) you know, for his faith, he's going to get his head cut off. It's in that passage. He says, this is a truthful saying, I'm the worst sinner of them all. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's what he said at the end of his life. (laughs) He's not like I'm varsity. I'm varsity Christian. He's Mm -hmm. like, man, I have been fighting this battle. I've been wrestling through this faith. And and I I am still hmm. just a sinner to the core. And so I need to trust that. And so, Steph, I wish you'd give us a little more, you know, insight in there because I don't want to lead you wrong. But here's what I would say. God's never wrong. So, never. Um, but we often are. Hmm. Even in the name of Jesus, we are often wrong. <laughs> and so we have to, we have to check ourselves. We have to check our spirit. Uh, we have to open ourselves up to community and say, what am I missing? Mm-hmm. Because most people will just nod and say, yep, absolutely. Yeah. You know, you're doing what's great. And yeah, find some wisdom. Yeah, amen. That can Someone that can speak into your life and say, hey, here's what I see. And then being open to that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I've had people in my life tell me the truth. And I'm like, nah, you yeah. know, that ain't it. But sometimes it is. Um, and ultimately, I feel like, you know, God is so about transforming us into the image of Christ. And so, mm-hmm. some, you know, he won't let us keep just moving forward with our yeah. own plans. And, yeah. you know, I think it's powerful what you said that, that God asked you to check on this particular relationship. And I think God's, God just yeah. spoke to me in that. Yeah. Too. And what I would say is, you know, so when things get worse, Stephanie, one of two things is true. You are doing the right thing and being persecuted. Right. Or you are doing the wrong thing and being <laughs> foolish. Yeah. And so that's what you need to say, Lord. Cause, cause mm. sometimes, right. I do the right thing. Um, you know, whenever I make a statement, you know, that's um, controversial on my uh, Instagram, I, I'll lose two, 300 followers, mm-hmm. boom, like that. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the consequence of saying something maybe somebody doesn't want to hear. But, you know, 
Okay, that that's I mean it's a mild form of persecution, <laughs> right. but it's it's, it's loss. Yeah. It's a loss of influence. So, or I say something foolish and sinful, and then God's people are like, "Man, that that pastor is an idiot," mm-hmm. and, and that's mm-hmm. been true too. So we need to step back and really, really evaluate ourselves. I mean, it's a great question. So good. Um, I actually got a question just from somebody, and we'll close with this. You know. She was saying, how do you know when God's calling you to leave a church? Hmm. So I, I've got more clarity on that issue. And, um, you know, because she's, she's been hurt um, by the church. And so she said, how do you know when it's the church or when it's a person? And um, and the truth is sometimes it's both and. Yeah. So it's it's the church and the person and the culture. And so, um, you know, I'm going to answer that question right now for this person who asked that is that. I believe God wants us to hang in our churches as long as we can, as best we can. Yeah. But sometimes God calls you out, uh, like you and Devo were yeah. called out. And I can say as a pastor, that's hard for me. If some someone as talented as you and Devo were like, we feel like the Lord is, you know, leading us. So that would be hard for me. But you guys, you guys felt that, and I believe that. Uh, and ultimately, I was the beneficiary <laughs> of that because the Lord led you to sandals. Um, but sometimes, man, you know, there's, there's abusiveness Mm -hmm. and, and, um, you know, I just recently counseled over Christmas, a, uh, a leader that's in a church that's just really dysfunctional, really broken, really hurting. And I told him, do not leave, Hmm. stay in your church. And he left. (laughs) I know. And, and he has his reasons. It was too painful. It was too awful. And I understand that. Um, but our churches are not better when we just run, Mm -hmm. we got to stay in there and lovingly say, Hey, we're, we're, we're going to, we're going to disagree, but we're going to love each other and work this thing out. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, you know, what I would say is for the most time, Stephanie, God has called me to sit in it and stay in it. And, it, and as, hard, as painful as it has been at Sandals at times, the Lord has blessed hmm. me for staying and not for leaving. And so my primary covenant, um, commitment is to God. Second is to my wife. Third is to my children. And my fourth is to my church. Yeah. And so that's where theology is so important. Where do I have to stay? Where do I have to sit? Um, you know, um, sometimes God doesn't care about what job you take. You know, it's, it's, a, it's your choice. Mm-hmm. Choose, you mm-hmm. know, is, is it honoring? Can you tithe? Can you meet the needs of your family? Okay, choose. Great. You know, I mean, it's not A or B. It's, it's your choice. But sometimes it's very, very clear. And so that's what I would say is when you're, when you're making decisions, you know, how important is this decision to God? Well, how do you know that? Has he talked about it in his word? Yeah. And then sometimes, right, there's just decision, there's just choice. And unfortunately, we get it wrong, we get it right. Here's the beauty. Whether we get it wrong or right, Romans 8.28 says this, God causes all things to work for good to mm-hmm. those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So even when we screw it up, mm-hmm. if we love him and we're yeah. called according to his purpose, God He'll can use it, it for good. That's right. He's going to work it out in the end. Now, what he's not going to do, he's not going to correct your stupidity, your mm-hmm. stupidity and your continued foolish choices. Mm-hmm. We don't use grace as an escape hatch for dumb decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, you, do you know what Gregor- Gregorian chants are? Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. a lot of people don't realize, but most of those chants are, are all songs about why did we lose Constantinople? <laughs> well, it's because you guys made dumb decisions yeah. for about 500 right. years. And those dumb decisions ultimately culminated in you being overthrown. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm. you know, and one of those decisions was not to buy the cannon. Yeah. So yeah. that was an oops, <laughs> was you know, oops. and the Muslims did. So, yeah. you know, it turns love- out cannons work, you know, they do. <laughs> so, um, and so we have to make good decisions. Yeah. That's why Jesus said, Jesus says, be as wise as a serpent yeah. and as innocent as a dove. And yeah. so a serpent is never more vulnerable 
than right after it strikes. Mm. So it better choose. It better choose very carefully when it's going to bite. Mm-hmm. I was watching, uh, I, I watched Nature's Metal on Instagram. I love it. And I was watching a fox in the San Bernardino Mountains try to eat a rattlesnake. Oh, wow. And what was amazing is the rattlesnake would not strike. Hmm. Because that fox knows the second its neck is extended, it's it, over. Yeah. Wow. And that rattlesnake was just like, Waiting. I mean, for our listeners can't see, but I'm turning, you <laughs> know, he has become the rattlesnake. Yeah, it, was, it was, it was pretty, fa- it was pretty fantastic. And so, you know, we think of rattlesnakes as these dangerous things, but they're very vulnerable. Mm. And, um, and it was in the middle of the road, it was totally exposed. Yeah. And, um, and I was just watching that. And so as Christians, right, we're in the middle of the road. We, we are not with culture. We're totally exposed. And so we need to be really, really wise about our decisions. Absolutely. And, um, and again, for you guys, if you want specific answers, uh, and this is uh, not at all, Stephanie, against you. I appreciate your question. I'm thankful for it. Be as clear as you can. Mm-hmm. Give me as much clarity as you can so that I can provide the best answer I can. Because when it's just kind of vague, we're just yeah. kind of... And if you want it to be anonymous, yeah, just yeah, do yeah. anonymous with your city so that if you feel kind of exposed yeah, by that. Absolutely. Yeah. See how you just provide such wisdom. <laughs> Yeah. You know, because sometimes I think people want to ask something that could be really personal, but like yeah. if they go to one of our campuses, you know, and yeah. we say their name and they're like, oh my God. You yeah, know? Like, like didn't, <laughs> we, didn't we get a question from, was it Matt from Riverside who's struggling with his wife, Tammy? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And I, I want to add with, with, you know, about switching churches. I mean, just be very, like you said, I'm, first of all, wisdom, counsel, but it, you know, that transition is so painful. Oh, I, know. I mean, it's so painful. So don't just like flippantly like I'm leaving, mm-hmm. you know, you cannot, that's your family. Yeah. And, and oftentimes here's what I've seen is people follow people who leave churches who weren't that committed in the first place. Yeah. Right. So, so what happens is, is then you follow, you follow a bunch of people who are like, yeah, I'm out. Yeah. And, and, and then all of a sudden you realize they're not all that great at community. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing is God never blesses criticism and negativity right. ever. Right. And so when you leave a church because you don't want to be that, God is not going to bless the next place. Right. You know, he, he's going to have to deal with you. And so, um, Churches make mistakes, man. I've made ton of them. Mm-hmm. Um, hiring, firing, not firing, not hiring. <laughs> I mean, y- you name it. And um, what I would say to anybody out there praying about leaving a church is you have no idea how hard it is, especially today. Hmm. In today's age where people are just looking mm-hmm. for a reason to leave, it's really, really hard to build consensus, to build yeah. unity. And like what you said, um, you know, it's hard for you. And you guys felt called. You know, you felt called to leave, but it was still painful because these were your friends, Just these were your family. Yeah. And um, and I know that I know the church you came from and I know the pastor. And so um you know, there were just amazing things about that church. And so it, it's just just really, really hard. And so um, you know, again, just like I told that guy who was, you know, wife said that he was wanting a divorce, man, hang in the church the best yeah, you can. That's right. You don't have to be abused. Right. You don't have to be used. I mean, those things should not happen. I, I don't want to use this as an excuse for churches to be manipulative mm-hmm. because they, they can be. And um, But uh, the beauty of Sandals Church is we have a healthy leadership team. I yes. think we have a healthy culture. We are not perfect. And for this person who I know has been hurt at our church, and there's broken people at this yeah. church. Yeah. And most people... Yeah do not take responsibility for what they've done. Yeah. Like, I, I can't tell you how many times, you know, um, you know, this guy said, man, hey, I, you know, in the grocery store, I just want to apologize to you for, and I was like, for what? He's like, I've told everyone for years, you're an idiot. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Thanks. He goes, and I'm sorry if that hurts your feelings. I'm like, <laughs> if, right. no, I don't PG. even, I don't even know your name when you hate me. Um, 
Oh you gosh. Know, you know, it's just like, oh my gosh, man. And, and, and people so, in church are going to hurt like sheep bite. Like you yeah, say, mm-hmm. church hurt is going to come. I was talking to a mom the other day that goes to one of our campuses and she's like, I got offended and I got disconnected. And I said, well, first repent yeah, <laughs> and then get back to church yeah, um, because it is, this is your family. And I feel like the days that we live in, we need our brothers and sisters yeah. in Christ more than anything. Yeah, I mean, amen. we have to have community around us. The world is gone cuckoo for yeah. cocoa puffs and so yeah and anytime you i don't care what the, the union is you're gonna have disagreement yeah. and offense it That's just right. it just happens and so you have to work through that i mean my wife and i uh have had two i mean it's what january what's today 10th <laughs> it's i mean 10 days into the new year we've had to wrestle and work through two offenses mm-hmm. with each other yeah and so it's like my gosh man um and so i think a lot of people are just naive about the church mm-hmm. about marriage about love mm-hmm. Um, we have to work through this because we say the wrong thing. We say it too quickly. We say, you know, and, and these are just real challenges. And, um, and that's why we need God in the church. So, um, sometimes it's a person, sometimes it's, it's the church. Churches can become unhealthy and dysfunctional and cultic. And so you really need to pray (laughs) through that. You know, is that this person or is that this church? And the beauty of Sandals Church is, you know, last year in 2022, we asked a family, to temporarily step out of their campus and attend another campus. Mm-hmm. It's like, look, this is, this is too heated. Yeah. Um, it, it's in the weeds. Mm-hmm. Discerning God's will is really, really tough. Right. Uh, people are hurt on both sides. Right. So let's just, let's yeah, ju- yeah let's yeah. just move you. Mm-hmm. And so that, and that's the beauty. And so here's where I want to praise this family. They did. That's faithfully. Yeah. Awesome. So, I mean, man, that's, I mean, you want to talk about that. I mean, they were pulled out of a smaller campus mm. with their friends, yeah. with their family. And I said, Hey, come, Come attend here with me at Hunter yeah. Park for a while, and we're going to work through this. And they did. Yeah, like, that's I just, awesome. I, I, I just, and, and I remember giving her a hug when I saw her and the husband. I just said, man, thank you so much. Yeah. Because most people don't listen. Yeah. So. Or they'll just leave or yeah. get mad. Or, anyway, that was awesome. Yeah. Great, great episode today. Great love you guys. questions. Love you guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Debrief Podcast with Matt Brown. If you enjoyed this episode, consider liking, subscribing, and sharing it with a friend. If you would like to submit a question to Pastor Matt, you can do so at move.sc slash ask. And if you would like to support the work we are doing, consider donating at donate.sc. Thank you again and have a blessed day.